Welcome to episode 116 of Between the Times, a podcast of Christ Church for Christ Church. And anyone who would care to listen in to our conversation, I'm here with my good friend, Dr. Gabriel Williams, who is a, a professor of physics at the College of Charleston. Gabe, good to be with you today. It's good seeing you today. How's the semester going? It's going. Uh, we're past midterms at this point in the semester. I think we have about five weeks left, and it's it's a whirlwind, uh, as all semesters are. Lots of work, lots of paper grading, lots of you know, shaking your head at papers, that sort of thing. <laughs> so, but it's it's going well. It's a good semester. Well, that's that's wonderful, Gabe. Um, we want to talk today uh, about something that's going to, I think, get your uh, blood pumping a little bit, which is uh, how to live for Christ on a college campus. And uh, we're going to talk about this from the view of, of a college student. Uh, so uh, there may be college students that will listen to this or parents of college students like myself who will listen to this and be interested to know what, um, what you, a, a godly man who's serving as a professor on a college campus and seeing everything going on on the campus, uh, how you would encourage uh, a young man or woman uh, to be faithful uh, in that particular context. And maybe you could sure. begin, Gabe, by sharing with us about perhaps how the college campus uh, context has has changed in the last 10 years. You, you've been there yep. now for a number of years. How how has it changed, and what are some of the, uh, first of all, some of the challenges that are facing young Christian men and women on, on college campuses, particularly public campuses? Sure. So, yeah, I've, I've been at uh, my college for about eight years at this point, but I've been a professor for 10 years in total. And so, in terms of the sort of dangers, there are things that are in common. So, as all places, all college campuses, you always have the concern of students who are coming into the college campus for the first time, and they have uh, basically lost all sorts of constraints. And so that means the life of drugs, the life of sex, the life of alcohol is ever present. And there are local businesses who will attempt to kind of feed upon that by giving young ladies, you know, free beer you can basically go to any bar and people buy you drinks so those sort of temptations have always been there that hasn't really changed much uh, there's always the discussion whether or not is there actually a, a rape culture on campus and that was a concern uh, when i first got into being a professor and the statistics basically show at this point that if uh, the rape culture idea is really a culture of regret is that there are a lot of students who engage in one-night stands and they regret their decisions. And then there are decisions that happen because people are getting too drunk at frat parties and things of that nature. That has not changed. That's basically the same as it's been. Something that um, I have been made aware of is, and that has increased uh, in extraordinary ways from what I'm told, is that... Um, People are slipping pills and drinks at, at parties, fraternity parties and bars, and, um, and that is accentuating this rape culture that's taking place. Yeah, so there are, depending, that's a school-to-school -school sort of thing, but there are a, a number of fraternities that are geared towards freshmen where that sort of behavior can happen. And there was some controversies over the last four or five years about that in particular, and a lot has 
been done to try to stop that, but all that has done effectively is that we've moved frat parties from on campus to off campus. And now that's the new move. And so one of the things that that means is that for a incoming student, you now just have to be aware of all of these things happening away from campus. Now, what has changed is primarily due to COVID issues. Uh, right now, I think it's safe to say that for most students coming into college, it is a socially isolating experience. Because right now, when students are coming into college, they are coming into an environment in which there is a lot less socializing that's happening in general because of COVID issues. And all students, when they come into college, have their trepidation about meeting new people and things of that nature. But just amplify that by the fact that you're basically being told to self-isolate at various different points of time on campus. So the reality is that there is the public image in which you have drunken parties, but the other image is isolation and loneliness. That's the other side of college. And there's a lot of students who deal with that. Which social media perpetuates that. Exactly. And we've learned that over the last decade, right, with Facebook and Instagram and, and other social media sites that while these media sites are supposedly meant to bring us together, they ironically uh, isolate us yeah. from face-to-face -face relationships. And of course, oftentimes what is propagated on social media is um, a life that's wonderful and perfect when the reality is something very different. Exactly. And the consequence of all of this is that you have an environment that is ordinarily not useful for the maturity of a young person. And so you would not expect that someone would mature in an environment that one has numerous external outside dangers in terms of the Christian life. And second, the feeling of loneliness just perpetuates whatever other psychological issues that are going on in your head when you came into college. Both of those things amplify the mean that on one end, you can pursue hedonism and pursue your pleasure. But on the other end, it's very easy to become self-absorbed. And that's the other pillar that fights against all golly, all golliness is the self-absorption, the woe is me sort of mindset. So uh, a young Christian man or woman uh, is on campus um, of, of, a, of, let's just say, a public university. Now, we know there's extraordinary hypocrisy that takes place yeah. on Christian campuses, yes. whether it's high schools or 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 colleges um, and we know there's the good bad and the ugly on every college campus no matter what's slapped on the front of the campus right um, there are challenges in all of them but uh, for the sake of argument um, in our conversation a Christian is on, a young man is on a public university campus let's say they may have grown up in a Christian home or they may have been converted on campus what what do you say to them to encourage them uh, if they're listening right now, um, how do you encourage them uh, to, uh, to foster a strong and faithful walk with God? There are a number of things I tell people directly. And so first, if you come from a Christian home, uh, you ought to praise God for that because there are lots of college students that have no real moral grounding associated with their lives. And... I, I can't say that that is the norm, but it is a large fraction of the population that come into college 
that have no moral foundation. They have figured this out on their own. Well, we certainly have a, a new era uh, of of the unchurched. Yes. Um, there's a you hear about the so-called nuns on demographic studies now, and in other words, those who have no religion, no religious affiliation. They they're not Protestant. They're not Catholic. They're a part of the nuns generation. And with that, what I would say is, if that's the case, you grew up in a Christian family, do not cut ties with your Christian family and at all. So that means on your end as a college student, uh, as a college student call home, call your parents, uh, because the reality is that it's a socially isolating experience. If you get into the habit of trying to self-insulate yourself while going through college issues, that now means that you are effectively separating yourself away from the normal vehicles that God uses to grow you up. So call your parents, call your brothers and sisters and uh, if you have advertisements in your family. I would say if, that, if you grew up in a Christian family and you were in a solid church, keep in contact with people in your local church. Often what will happen is that you will learn much more about your friends uh, in church back at home now that you're in college because there's a whole world you're about to get hit in the face with when you come onto the college campus. And the biggest problem I always see from incoming college students is that they effectively believe that they need to figure this out themselves all the time. That's what their belief is. And that means they suffer silently. No one really knows what happens until catastrophe happens, meaning they have to be brought home because you've had a mental health crisis or... Or the new the new counselor is the internet, right? Yeah. Typing questions into the internet and getting the uh, all the, the internet responses from Google mm-hmm. and then just searching articles written by non-Christians, exactly. written by people who have all... So rather than opening up the Word of God... Mm-hmm. Uh, and learning, so that, so what I'm saying, Gabe, is that part of them figuring out on their own is actually letting Google the searching. is yeah. Google searching, letting the world inform them rather than looking to Scripture, which is God's word. Exactly. Uh, point two is, uh, I was told as a college student, if you do not develop the habit of spiritual disciplines while a college student, you will almost never develop it after you graduate. So that means uh, whatever your routines were before you came to college, if you're a faithful, devout uh, young man or woman, it's your one of your chief responsibilities is to figure out times to have your private time in prayer, reading the scriptures, things of that nature. That it's not to say that this is the substitute for the church. That's not the point here. Mm-hmm. The point is here to say these are disciplines and disciplines that are thrown away never redevelop. How, how do we put on the armor of God? Exactly. Uh, it, it's done in the context of personal, family, and corporate piety. Mm-hmm. And so if you remove personal worship from your life uh, and, and you're in, especially when you're on a kind of battleground like a college campus, at the battle of ideas and uh, behavior, uh, you're really leaving yourself open uh, to attacks. Yes. Um, and so it is so important, Gabe, isn't it, that we take that time, even if it's just a few minutes every morning, mm-hmm. 
to cry out to the Lord, to pray, to dedicate the day to Him, to read some scripture, uh, to ask Him for grace and strength, um, to give, to ask for wisdom, and then to go into your day. You're not going into the battlefield naked. Exactly. And then next with that, uh, in light with the fact that you're trying to grow as a mature disciple, the next thing to keep in mind is that you should find a church. Now, my hope is that before you went to this college, your parents or your church gave you some suggestions to, hey, these are some good churches either in our denomination or I know this pastor, etc. So you have a network that you can go to. It is very tempting in college to treat Sunday as the day to catch up with schoolwork. And again, if you do that in college, you will do that as an adult. You will do that in business. You will do that the rest of your life. If you don't practice the habit of Sabbath keeping, then in college, you will probably not develop it as an adult. So I would say make sure that part of that Sabbath keeping that you found a good church. But Gabe, what if a student has a good campus ministry? Did, can't, can't that be their church? And, and if not, why not? So I always go back to the Old Testament story of Rehoboam. And so if those of you know your you know, Old Testament, Rehoboam is uh, the son of Solomon. Uh, Rehoboam was given the responsibility of being a king at a young age. And he thought it would be better to listen to the wisdom of his peer group <laughs> than it is to listen to the elders who served under Solomon. And yes. If you remember the story, that's exactly what happens. And then from there, the kingdom of Judah and Israel split. And Jeroboam goes to the Israel and Rehoboam is uh, for the southern kingdom, Judah. What's the point? The point is, no matter how good a college ministry is, it cannot be a substitute for the range of depth of godliness you see in a good church. Young people need gray hair around them. Yeah, you need gray hair to look up to. That you know, if you if you've been like me, then probably when you were a teenager, you were told to walk through the book of Proverbs a few times. The whole point of the book of Proverbs is that there's a young person and there's an older person. <laughs> and that young person, you're given the admonition that you need to pursue wisdom. And the other aspect of it is listen to the words I'm saying as someone who has obtained wisdom. That is the relationship I think a college student should have to his church, ultimately. The Bible says bad company corrupts good, good character, good morals, right? Or good morals. And, and so it's important as well uh, to encourage college students to remember that those whom you spend the most time with and that uh, you are bosom buddies with, as it were, uh, will be those who will oftentimes form and shape your behavior and character. And so you need to be careful about that. I, when I was a youth pastor, I used to uh, do this one uh, illustration where I'd have uh, someone stand up on a chair and another person on the ground, and I would tell the person on the chair, all right, you're going to try to pull him up on the chair, oh, and yeah. he's going to try to pull you down on the floor. Mm -hmm. And of course, every time, what happens? <laughs> yeah, you get pulled down the, to the floor. The person's pulled down. It's much harder, particularly as a college student, uh, without a whole lot of wisdom and life experience and not having walked with the Lord very long. Uh, it's a lot harder to, uh, to, to pull people up to where you are exactly. uh, than for you to be pulled down to where, where they are. And so, just be very careful about that. And in your relationships as well with those who don't know Christ, 
make sure that you love them and befriend them, um, but make sure you understand the proper distinctions in those friendships. Um, I, I don't believe that our our best and greatest friends should be those who do not share uh, that which is most prized by us and which right. is the treasure of our hearts. Um, how can we? How can two two walk together? It's the, it's the whole you yes. know being unequally yoked, not only in marriage but also in your friendships. That's right. And what that also and come to conclude the thought here is one thing I give students and particularly on public school campuses is that just like it is rare to find a godly man or woman it's rare to find a godly student if you happen to be one of those it's going to be very difficult to find godly friends on campus and that's something you should know ahead of time and that means you need to have a response and a kind of a settledness about that fact you may have lots of good people you like hanging out with You'll have friends that you do study groups with. You'll even have friends that you'll go out and have some fun, go out to dinner or something like that. But in terms of a deep friendship in which soul encourages another soul, that's very hard. Every adult will tell you that's hard even now. It's even harder on campus because, again, there's an isolation that tends to happen when you get there. So what that means is, when you look at your friend circles that you develop when you come on campus, keep in mind that even though you may have the same mutual interest, that is not the same, that should not be thought of being the same as having true godly companionship and friendship. That's rare. Amen. And, you know, there are all kinds of college uh, ministries on, on campus, college campus ministries, and some of those are going to be more oriented towards outreach. Mm-hmm. So a fellowship of Christian athletes or a young life, for instance. And and those ministries, like any, can be as good or as bad as, as its leaders and its, its faithfulness to carry out the mission and all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing you need to remember. As uh, someone, particularly a covenant child who's grown up in a Christian home where doctrine is taken seriously and, and, and all of that, uh, you're going to want to look for a campus ministry that takes seriously discipleship, mm-hmm. uh, that it's not just an outreach ministry yeah. um, that keeps things very superficial, but a ministry like uh, RUF, Reformed University Fellowship, or a campus outreach, um, and these kinds of ministries that really uh, go deep with the students and sure. and and take them seriously in terms of their uh, discipleship. And so it's an important thing uh, to remember as a, as a college student to go find those groups and right. to get uh, to get involved with them, not as a replacement for your involvement and commitment to the local church, but as a supplement to them. That, yes. that, that that's also something you can do uh, to encourage your walk with God. Right. And so my last, I guess, word when it comes to uh, encouragement and exhortation to students is that we've all been there, and we've all had to wrestle through the realities of, one, living on your own for the first time. We've all had to wrestle with dealing with professors who are clearly trying to proselytize you, to throw away your faith. We've all dealt with that in different ways. We've all dealt with uh, friends in college who turn out to basically be more or less your enemies eventually or to be unreliable. There are many things that you will go through that everyone else around you has gone through, has gone through the same college experience. So what I will say is that just as in all things, Christ is faithful to preserve and to keep his own people. Even when you wrestle with doubts and struggles with the faith, 
Christ is still faithful. Amen. He will still hold you. He will still hold fast to you. And the reality is that you should not, therefore, think of your college experience as being something so unique that you cannot talk to other people about it. Make sure that you, if you're having these difficulties, make sure, again, you need to have connections outside of the campus so you get a, a uh, deeper depth of understanding what's happening. And, and if you have failed, if you've given into temptation, throw yourself into the merciful arms of Christ. Um, he, he loves you. Uh, he does not cast you off um, because of your failure. Uh, go to him, repent of that sin, confess your sins to him, and throw yourself in his merciful arms. He accepts you, a smoldering wick he does not uh, put out. Uh, he, he, he loves you, and, and so don't think that because you have failed in some area, whatever it may be, that uh, that's it, and you need to just need to jump whole, wholeheartedly into this wicked lifestyle. No, uh, come back to Christ. Uh, his arms are open wide. Right. Well, we thank you for their, uh, the time and joining us. I hope these considerations are useful for parents who may be listening of college students and also for college students yourselves. And so we thank you for joining us and we look forward to hearing from you again as we go through Between the Times.